0: You on the day, what we're doing, advanced nursing. So it's, a, it's kind of a universal principle of the planning that that is what we all need to uh, engage in in order to use it appropriately and, and make it useful. Um, and it's the stuff that we've been talking about for a long time, um, but is only now at the point where we've got the development of tempo to the place where we need it to be in order to do this stuff. So this is about what templates are and what templates mean. And what it comes down to is is the word that I didn't want to say before we came into the meeting is targets. So this is all about targets and different types of targets. Um, And it's knowing what a target is, what your target's for, and who's going to manage that target and what you do with that target. That target is from an hourly organisational perspective, i.e. what do I do in my session as a GP? And how many appointments do I do? And how many appointments do we need? So that's a target. And then the other form of targets is how much does it cost? So how much money do we have in order to do that thing? Because if you haven't got enough money, you can't have as many appointments.
1: Can I have a question for you, Gordon? Can you, for yeah. me again, tell me the difference between the template and the ties? Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you.
0: We'll come on to that.
1: Oh, we come on to that, yeah. okay. The templates, I
0: um, think. And then the other part to, to, to cost is, is revenue. So the other target is, is about a revenue target. So, it's about how much are we wanting to earn? And the linking of those things then comes down to essentially the appointment. So, the linking together of all of these things is down to an appointment. And those are appointments which are either appointments, some of them are easier to define, and we'll be talking about Thomas So, some of them are easier to define in all of those categories. So an easier one to define in those categories, like an LCS appointment as an LCS appointment is a single appointment. It's got an appointment type. It's got a name and it can be a coil appointment. Now, a coil appointment slot type is in system one at a place that receptionists or whoever can book somebody into. So it's the slot type. Which actually is the base level of the thing that defines all of those those things. And it defines who's doing the appointment. So there's a person. Yeah. So a slot is in a rotor, which means it's being done by a person. But it can be done by multiple people. So it can be done by a coil um, as a slot type, can be a. Or it could be a GP who's a coil person. But it's it's potentially the same slot type. But when when it's applied to a different person, it's now got a different cost. So the same slot type in phase rotor is different to that slot type in a GP's rotor. And the reason why it's different is because it costs more here. So we know the cost because we know who's doing it. The income is the same. The income for that slot is the same regardless of who's doing it. The profitability calculation comes out of which session it's in. And the session is the difference between the slot and the session is the slot defines the booking activity, the thing that goes into it, the patient, because that's the thing and the session defines in effect who does it. Now actually those two things can coincide with one another in terms of booking because an orange appointment, so an, an amber on the day appointment, even though the slot type is amber on the day appointment, that amber on the day appointment, if it's in an anchor field team, is a different slot type to if it's in a River Lodge team, because Excellent. so a, a, so the slot type is 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 Amber One, which tells us that it's an on the day booking for Amber patients. When that appointment is in a session that is a River Lodge session, it's different to when it's in an, a St Andrews session, because. A receptionist knows that a St. Andrew's Amber patient is the one that needs to go into the Amber appointment in the St. Andrew's um, section. And a receptionist knows that an Amber patient who's from River Lodge needs to go into so the... The
1: slot type is the same. It's so just,
0: the slot yeah. type is the same, but the, the makeup of the slot type of where it sits in the session and the groupings of the people... Who do that session? So we've got a service line that's built up of slot type, a session type, and then a description of the team who does it. Because the team who does it defines what that service line is. So you need all three elements coming together in order to define what a slot type is. So on its own, it's not enough. In a session, it's not enough. In a team is where it's enough. So it's only by saying the slot type, who's potentially doing it, and which team are they part of. So you've got role, is kind of what defines really session type. So you've got appointment, you've got session type, and then you've got um, the team. It gets a, bit more complicated than that when you start to think about what a service line is for certain things that we that we find challenging to manage like our on-the-day capacity because our on-the-day capacity is actually made up of multiple groups so when we look at what is our on-the-day capacity we and Alison spends each morning trying to get your head around about what's our you know what's actually happened today Frustrated by maybe we haven't ended up with what we thought we were going to because we've got sickness and has the planning happened? And the the reason why that's so complicated is because what you're doing in your head at that point is immensely complicated. Because in order to get to that definition of do we have enough, what you're actually doing is grouping together probably about ten service lines at once.
1: What's a service line?
0: The service line is what we defined. As um, the appointment type,
2: Absolutely. the it's slot type, together.
0: the session, and the team
2: service.
0: Line. So that's what the service line so is. Service
2: line.
0: So you can't see it on a rotor. No. So it's something which you do intuitively because we don't currently define it well enough. What's
2: example?
0: The service line is on the day capacity for anchor field and the patients.
1: It's similar to the, the coil example of are they a coil GP or not a coil GP?
2: It's still the GP that's the link of that individual's characteristic of yeah. a GP whether it's a immunology Yeah, Could that not be a part of the
1: Staff member, don't
0: you think? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. But location is something different. So you mentioned location there. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing that people get stuck on, which is not correct. Because a location doesn't define a service line. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is what we've got is we've got definitions of service lines, which we call locations, but they're not. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So a St Andrew's doctor can be sitting in St Andrew's or... They can be sitting in River Lodge. Mm -hmm. The plan is for Christmas, I think, isn't it, to shut St Andrews? Yeah. So St Andrews, so the service line will stay the same. So the service line remains St Andrews, Amber, on the day. The location was a room in St Andrews. The location is now a room in River Lodge. So the service line has remained the same. The location is different. And that's how you can think about redesigning services and redesigning locations is that you, you, you think about it in service lines. So rather than thinking about it as a location-based thing, you're thinking about it as a service line. Location is really important around about creating a team, about people feeling they're together. And it's also really important about patients accessing a service in terms of knowing where they go and feeling comfortable about where they go. It's not actually something which is necessary for service line design around about capacity.
2: So we do all of this already then, really, don't we? So this is something that you know we're kind of familiar with in terms of how we've built our rotors and things like that. So how how so what would be the relevance of this now in terms of
0: um, so the relevance in terms of this now is planning is, is using it. Right. Um, because what we haven't done is we haven't used it. Because we haven't had the capability to use it.
2: Well, what's that then?
0: So the capability to use its targets. So this is the measuring of each service line provides eg- Exactly. And then agreeing what that should be.
1: So calculating how many of each different. Sometimes we need to deliver We yeah. need
2: To deliver everything we need to deliver. Because you we know it's certain sites use their GPs in different ways. do what if we're providing enough of a service
1: service line in certain aspects. Mm-hmm. In different places might have different under yeah. register prevalence mm-hmm. in the, um, yeah, so something have kind of like
0: targets. So where it starts to get complicated and why we don't why we haven't done it because it's complicated, mm-hmm. is if you think about as an example of um you Alice, so you provide probably about, I don't know, you probably have to count it, about five or six service lines. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you provide a service line, which is, as a St Andrews, Amber service line, mm-hmm. of which you've got on the day,
1: mm-hmm.
0: book in advance. You've also got doctor to book only. Mm-hmm. So all of those different things that we do, you've got an administration service line. So it's the amount of time you do admin work. You've got pathology. You've got prescriptions. You've got um, insurance reports. So all of those are in effect a service line. Is
2: this a work
1: Individual work plan? Is this
0: another term for that? Exactly. It's so, yeah, so, so work plan is, is, a, is a way of defining part of the picture. So that's exactly it. So the work plans that we've now created that have, and the reason why I've been getting people to go into real detail about a work plan, which is not just the day that you work and not just the hours that you work, so the reason why i've got you to go into the detail of a, a breakdown of what would be a normal type of session is what it does is it actually defines that so it defines your service lines so because and the more you split it so we, we, we've done cpd admin um, so all of those and um, national slot type categories help us to kind of think through service lines because in effect what national slot type categories are they're a definition of a service line so, they're, they're the NHS England definition of our service lines.
2: I, I felt like, so talking about all these different terminologies and ideas, obviously I understand how it all links together. I just feel like um, a level of confusion creeping in um, terms so the terminology that we're using to describe these things. Yeah, yeah. It keeps sort of evolving, changing. Yeah. When actually we're probably all talking about the same thing. Yeah. Um, and so it's like a sort of breakdown of that, it's like, you know, how are you turning um, something turning a service line yeah. when we're sort of talking about it in kind of open
0: conversation. Yeah. And that's exactly why i brought everybody together this morning. So rather than having a separate conversation with Thomas about it, yeah. and a separate conversation with Geraldine about it, and a separate some conversation with you about it, and a separate conversation with Elliot about it, this is about creating a common language. Yeah. Um, and about everybody using the same terms the same thing because Thomas, i su- suspect correct me if i'm wrong would be quite comfortable with the name of the service line yeah but i don't know if it is the same definition that other people see because yeah. they see one of the contracts and... yeah mm. so yeah. by hand you know i don't know what comfortable is for you um appointment type or yeah, it's type it's or session yes. yeah, so so session is is your comfortable okay. term yeah um, so this is about us being yeah.
1: translation, it's about, it's about being able to quantify the outputs, isn't it? So it's about putting some quanti- quantifying number or something on what you do in the session. It also, sounds like the templates for have been how much time people are given, and what we're trying to do is how do how do you for certain areas we're trying to do that,
2: aren't we? Are we saying that what the overall goal here is quantifying absolutely everything that everybody does. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. But then we're picking out, you know, because so, our sessions are often a blend of appointments for which there are different in conversation with that slot type. So there's SMI reviews, there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's not just a whole decline session of, you know, COILS is a slightly unique yeah. example of that, um, And yeah. with diabetes, perhaps yeah. where there's, you know, a whole session that's dedicated to one
0: product in
1: terms of income yeah. time it's aligning capacity to output
0: so that's exactly the problem, that's been the problem so what you're defining Hannah is exactly where the problem has lain is that before now the only ability that we had to split it was by session hmm. so up until you know very recent, like literally just at the moment where we've been doing this so it's only since then that we've been able to link together the stuff that so we have service lines in Apex. Uh, that's what that's how Apex talk about it. We have service lines in system one because that's what that's what Ardens is, that's what Arden's manager is. that's what Thomas's amazing spreadsheets are. You know they are a description of service lines. What we haven't been able to do up until now is take those things and link them to two sessions to understand them. The rotoring, and the rotoring is by people, by whole people and whole sessions. So we haven't been able to up until now, up until spent all of this time putting this work into, building all of these templates with all the stuff just to get to this point of now being able to visualise it. So now we can use it. Because now we've got all the data is all there. So now we can start using it. Because we now have the total capacity. So we've got that thing that you just talked about there, Hannah, which is the whole capacity. We've done it. We've actually done it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's there. All we've got to do is is now use it. We've actually What do you mean we've actually done no. We've inputted
2: it somewhere. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.
0: But
1: practically, this is the difference. What will be.
0: Well, it's so shall I show you some practical examples now? So that's the theory, yeah. Yeah, and then we can t- walk, walk and talk our way through practical examples of mm. what that enables us to do. Now, I think the most practical examples of what we what we want to achieve is to move capacity through the year. Mm. Yeah. So the most practical example, the easiest one to grasp first, is moving our nurses, rotors when they're vaccinated
1: also it means conceptually you can align your capacity to your outputs contractually so if suddenly someone says we're shutting down that lcs in june yeah then know how you can shift your quite quickly to recover that income somewhere else So we sort of do it intuitively and sort of hope for the best, really, but it it, it will give us the ability to really be much more. Yeah, I I get that. And rather than us kind of going through line by line counting and saying, well, I need, we've got this many diabetics. and So so we can move there, then. What about the more kind of nuanced off targets and things? So say my book in advance check where I speak to someone with hypertension and manage that and then notice that they're not optimised on their. That's like a
2: retrospective
1: analysis of it, isn't it, really? Mm. Yeah. but Can I mean, you I mean how does
0: talk talking about this area so cuz there's some exactly, that just don't exactly like that,
1: binary are they? Yeah. So,
0: yeah. It, it, exactly um exactly what Thomas was bringing up. So the challenge is um those things which are simple fine. Yeah. Those that are not what you need to do is is it, it's really a best guess scenario. Yeah. So the best guess scenario is there are lots of things that we do um this is all a balance. This is all a balance of um, um, of getting it just about right. The if if you want from a from a design perspective, if you wanted it to be as accurate as possible, you would create ten thousand slot types mm. because you would want a different slot type for everything that you want to measure. So if we went through what and we went through every single quap, and we went through every single quaff point and put that against a, a different a different um, mm-hmm. team, and so it was multiplied. So you, it starts being like two hundred quaff points mm-hmm. multiplied by three teams. So you're already up to six hundred multiplied by the number of nurses. Multiplied, 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 multiplied. You'd end up with an infinite number yeah. of kind of service lines and slot times. So what you actually want is you want a practical, usable system which enables people to book an appointment. Yeah. Because if it was if there was 10 million slot types when somebody tried to book an appointment and that goes from a patient and a reception perspective, you then have to go through your list of 10 million slot types and find the one, and there would only be that amount per year. So I'm like, is, is that at the right time? Mm-hmm. So it, it creates an inflexibility in a choice because you've narrowed it down too much.
1: Yeah, so you instead just model roughly what you think be and
0: sum it together. So in effect, what we all do without realising is we actually group service lines together. So we're doing this, we do this all the time. So we group all of the activity, and, and in fact, we do too much grouping. And the question is, what is the right balance to that? So we've been in, general practice has been in a place of too much grouping. And what we're doing is we're gradually ungrouping to the point that's acceptable. And, you, and there is no right or wrong to this because it's a balance. Because if you've got an amber, we've split green and amber. Now, there was never a split of green and amber. But what green and amber has helped us to do is to give us capacity for the right patients at the right time and focus it. But actually, it's a pain. Because what was a patient ringing up and just say, I just want to see my GP. They've now got to say, well, are you a green or an amber? So that's, that's a problem. That's a hassle. We've had to label them. We've had to understand the system. We've had to teach our receptionist how to do that. And we've then had to start doing modelling appointments for both green and amber. It was much easier if it was not green and amber, because it's much easier to manage a system when you've just got appointments. Um, We've split on the day, so we split, not only have we done green and amber, we've also done book on the day, book within two weeks, book within six weeks, and finish and follow up. Now so that's actually a hassle, because what we've done is we quadrupled the work in terms of how patients can book an appointment, because we've got four choices within one service line of what patients should do. Now, if you, if you wanted to do it simply, fine, just don't bother. Just have one, one appointment. That's what general practice was. Um, and it's coming and it goes. That's fine. You know, Either it's there or it's not. So why have we done it? I mean, I think we've done it because I think it helps. Because I think it helps us to move stuff around, identify which is the right patient and which slots they should go into. And have they got the right person to deal with their their problem? So then we can we can move stuff around. So when it comes to somebody being sick, we've actually got a better impression of what stuff can move and what stuff can't. We've got a better impression of where we need additional capacity or we don't. But we've created a quite complicated system to do it. And other people don't want to do it. So, so, you know, if you talk about foundry model elsewhere, there's real antibodies to it. Um, and the reason why there's real antibodies to it, because it's not easy. Because we've created something which is a bit of a monster. I and mean, it's a good monster, but it needs maintaining and it needs managing and it needs the reins, if you like, to control the monster. You know, we need the system in place that helps us to do that. And the, the problem where we've been for the last two years is we haven't had the reins and we've had a, the thoughts about it. We've had the ideas we've, and we've, we've modeled through and we've just about been keeping that monster on track, but we haven't actually had the control to do it properly. And the bit that's been missing, is being targets to service lines. Cause targets to service lines give you the control. And they give you control from both directions which is both demand and capacity so from a demand perspective what we're starting to understand is what demand do we have now in our categorizations of patients so from our green and our amber and our red patients how much capacity do we need to provide for them because what is their demand so how many on the day requests do we have the our actual on-the-day requests for green patients? Oh my
2: god, that's unmeasurable. That's patient-defined. It um, is, yeah. I don't
0: yeah.
2: think we'll ever measure that, to be honest. But, I mean, because that will have to go back in and do, you, like, did you think this could win?
0: But we already do define it. We already do define it by when they call up.
2: Well, we define it in the sense that they will accept
0: what's offered. Exactly. So that's a definition, so the, their acceptance of it, but it's, but it's also what a triage is. So, it's, so the fact that they are being booked in on the day actually defines that as that's what it is. If it's, uh, but also there's the overspill, isn't
2: there, as yeah. well? So it's like they're, they're often booked in on the day because all the other
0: predefined
2: appointments have been taken.
0: Yeah. So what we need to do better at and this is where the digital front door part yeah. will help us with, is to define more clearly what their need is, so that at the point of so if every if if all of that demand data is coming through to a single point of access, which is all being processed in this, at that point we can define. And I think the the thing that we need to define is actually a, a not just on a day. The two definitions are a four-hour and a 24-hour. And that will sort out for us this ability to move stuff um, around.
1: I think what we're
2: changing is we're taking we're taking quite a bit of patient choice away. So what, what we're doing is we're defining it for that patient. So yeah. we're trying to meet patient's expectations, what
1: we think should happen
0: you're yeah.
2: absolutely
1: right. That's, that's I sort of think of it, the old style of general practice before a black box, there was just this sort of all patient you know, demand was poured into it. And we sort of did something with our time and we either you know, improved people's health or we didn't. What this does is, is really be clear about what, what input we have within that black box, what we're doing, how many of them, what our outputs are. I mean, the things, it's a really short little skip away then when you can start to connect the outputs with the outcomes. You can start to really see what difference do you make in terms of the what you use your capacity for it is for that planned stuff I think that it will make sense in terms of us being able to plan stuff that has a, a definite
2: income associated with it.
1: I think it's more than that but I think you can if you really want to, to judge what difference you're making to the health of the population you need to know what you're actually doing to patients when they turn up how will we measure it? So you'll know you'll you'll be able to look at things, I imagine, you know, like um how many patients do, do you do um just the reviews on how many are to target if you used your capacity differently, how many strokes would you prevent in the in the future? You could really start to think about, about how do you use your capacity to the best effect for population health. I mean, this is bigger than we're doing here today, but but at the moment there's no there's no output or outcome data for. Or general practice at all. We just do what we do within that black box and hope for the best, and the patients are either happy or not happy. They're happy usually for the wrong reasons. Well, yes, and yes, and no, I suppose, because with the like example
2: like cholesterol or whatever, that is a defined target isn't it, yeah. that we don't have to do in terms of people on a register and what we review. But I suppose there's a whole load of stuff that comes in on the day. And, you know, a lot of the work won't have that measurable kind of outcome because it's like,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, oh, I like if I told them to go and take some cough mixture for their cough, you know, and it's that sort of thing, yeah. isn't it? So there's the there's stuff that we definitely know that we can measure. Yeah. But what we'll probably get more information on with like um the, you know, the digital front door stuff is a, a more accurate assessment of on the day
0: demand. I think the, the measure that will be most useful for what you're talking about is the measure that keeps getting drummed into us from the RCS, which is the number of patients fairly into A mm, so, stuff yeah so yeah. so so it's it's, it's stuff out that we can't currently measure because yeah. it's not in our system it's the stuff the impact we have outside of our own organization is actually the stuff that, that will make a difference to that. Mm. And this is where, so this is the conversations I'm having with the ICS is, is um, gradually drip feeding them into this idea that we can manage this system, that mm. and this system can be managed if we have this data for all the practices in our area. Mm. So if we, have the, if we have the data for all these practices in our area and the data for all the UTC mm. attendances yeah. and the data for all the A&E attendances, mm. you can actually define what your target should be mm. for any given population, for any practice. That their ratio of book on the day to book in advance for green, amber, and red patients, and you can define that by your population title So, if we've got an elderly population, we might actually, so we should ask that practice to do different types of appointments to that practice.
2: Mm. Yeah. So So that, so
0: that university practice, that university practice, that practice should provide ninety percent green appointments. Yeah. 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 So
2: that's
0: a. That's a GP practice. Mm-hmm. We're a GP practice. We should be doing something very different to them. The contract is the same. So the GMS contract mm-hmm. is, is, is the same for them and then yeah. The only difference is the Carhill formula and the COF. Yeah. So the Carnival formula and the COF is supposed to create that. Mm-hmm. It, it, it doesn't at all. So the way in which we're going to contractually change primary care is actually and it's really hard to be transparent so the only way in which we are if we want to do things better the only way is the thing that we're not very good at is to open our books to tell the system what we're doing It's
2: incentive or you know if that's the right word but like something where we can say yeah you know we're really good at stopping people going to hospital and we've saved you mm. thousands of pounds so actually you know you should be congratulated more than mm. you know some surgery
0: it's yeah. a few yeah. miles <laughs>
2: away yeah, so that and kind of just, just says go to A and E the whole time you know yeah.
0: so the, the, the biggest barrier to that is the LNC. What do they do? Um, because what the LMC do is say, don't tell them anything. <laughs> what, like, secondary? Don't tell the ICS anything. Don't, tell, the RCS yeah, RCS don't RCS. tell them how much it costs. Don't tell them how much you're spending. Don't tell them how many appointments you've got. Don't tell them what you're doing. Don't tell them. So that's why nobody can get them. Yeah. So the LMC tell, tell everybody, don't tell them. They are the enemy. The ICS are the enemy who are out to get us don't tell them anything (laughs)
1: and
0: and so APEX is the first step if you like into giving the ICS some information can you see how it started to come back with I don't know if you saw that thing from Hugo with us and this part of the templates discussion is is about having additional capacity over the winter how do we do that we create a session time with an appointment in it it's a service line definition a service that they've just defined. They've not been able to define a service line before. It's the first instance mm. of an ICS asking us to do a service description and paying us for a service.
2: So that's like our request. Yeah. Okay. yeah.
0: It's the first time I've seen that that's changed. So mm. it's changed from a quoff, It's changed from a GMS contract. It's the first time I've seen them using data intelligently to ask us to do something now it's not quite you know in terms of a contractual arrangement well what difference does it make in terms of whether we're using our staff or not but also what difference does it make if we're using our staff or not actually if our whole service is designed like that we're contractually obliged to provide an outcome um well let's do it you know i'm all up for that you know i'm going to show you what the hell we do and i'm going to show you how what bloody good job that we do at it And I'm going to show you how many appointments we do for all of our patients and why we are really good at it. Because we've got, you know, fairly old patient population. We've got a bit of deprivation. We do the best that we can for all of those patients. What is the template design?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, So how the target that we set now gives us the methodology to work with Jill. Yeah,
1: to translate that. And the
0: road setting. So manage what's going on. So we, we 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 so we've done the principles, and we'll we'll have a break, and we'll come back to
1: yeah,
0: practical implementation. Thank
1: you.